All right, so let's just get kicking with the first one, which is really just honestly, how do you feel that the pandemic forced you to change as a leader and any specific examples that you feel that you could share with us about that? Well, I, I think, uh, you know, hardship in life is like going to the gym and lifting heavy weights. And I can't think of a harder workout than COVID. So I think it has not only made me a better CEO and leader, it's probably made me a better human. It also is a hardened Remington to make us stronger and bigger and, and more profitable than we've ever been. So, you know, if I look at today, we are we have more hotels than we ever have. Our pipeline's bigger than it's ever been. We have over 9,000 associates for the first time ever. Um, and I think that is because of how we handle COVID. Um, so I, while it was a really rough time, I think a lot of good lessons learned. And back to the original question, how did I specifically change? Probably I'd say three things. I, you know, I, and I, I, I would say I had certain style components to me that these these three things existed before COVID, but I really doubled down, I would say, on these characteristics. And the first one I would say is I don't delay giving bad news to my team or to the company. Um, COVID made you face and stare off into the abyss of, hey, you might not be in business for very long. And what I realized very quickly in doing bi-weekly webinars for the whole company, including all our furloughed associates, we had over uh, 6,000 furloughed associates for over a year at, um, that humans can take bad news. They just don't like surprises. And so even if you're getting up there and saying, hey, I don't know when you're coming back to work. I don't know when demand is coming back, but I do know this. We're going to stay very communicated with our people. And as soon as we know, we're going to let you know. Um, and I think just being human and showing vulnerability goes a long way. So that that's probably first. I don't delay bad news anymore because let's be honest if you had delayed action to bad news in COVID your business you may have been going out of business this the second thing that I, I really doubled down on is I have a saying around here that I like to say to my leadership team is progress not perfection um, I'm not a perfectionist I am action oriented and I think that probably helped us in COVID because nothing was perfect um but and we were first movers in a lot of ways. We were first movers in shutting down restaurants. We were first movers in kind of the operating model we had. And that saved some cash and, and helped us be a little more successful. But I think that progress, not perfection, is really important. And as we've come out of COVID, we've tested things and we've gone to market with um, process change or standard operating procedures that are different. And we implement, then we iteratively improve. And so I think sometimes you can get bogged down with trying to develop perfection and really how you get to a great product or great service is through iter iterative practice. So progress, not perfection is something I doubled down on. And then the third, frankly, is more personal. Uh, you know, I I went through uh, I was finalizing a divorce right as COVID, not to get too personal, but I was I got three kids and um, and then COVID hit. And it really made me uh, live in the now um, and also have a perspective, you know, next day um, that this too shall pass. And I, I think I was dealing with a lot personally, you know, wrapping up a divorce and custody of kids in the middle of COVID. And I was worried about my children and how they were going to handle it. Not to mention, you know, the 
the liquidity of the company. Um, we had never faced something like this. And so I, I think that being more present and enjoying the individual days. And I think that's probably a lot of people. I think that's why travel is seeing this surge of demand is that people were locked in their houses for one, two years and they want to live. They want to enjoy those moments and travel is part of that. So, but I really have doubled down on being very present, whether that's in this media interview. So, or it's dealing with my children or it's in a board meeting. And I, I think I'm always very conscientious of what I'm doing in the moment and taking real gratitude in those moments. So those would probably be the big three. Oh, I'm so glad you shared that because I think that in times of crisis, we can often forget the human element of things that like everyone's got something that they're dealing with, whether Absolutely. it's big, small, it matters. And you can't let that forget that even when yeah. you're dealing with business side of things. So um, I mean, do you feel comfortable kind of sharing how you best kind of got yourself into a mindset when you did come into work and kind of separating like personal life, work life? And I don't know, how did you really go about that? Um, so first off, I had staff meeting uh, for the first three months. We had staff seven days a week every morning. Uh, so I had my executive team. We, we even met on Sundays. And I tried to be sensitive to people's religious um, um, perspective, you know, so we had, um, you know, Jewish members that wouldn't be on on Saturday or, or Christian members that wouldn't be on Sunday. But barring that, we literally met for, for three months until June of 2020. We met at um, 9 a.m. every single morning because we had to be that communicative. Um, and so I would start my days off getting up, uh, you know, quarter to seven, seven spending a little time with my kids if I had them um, and then really preparing for that staff meeting and then, um, you know, was very structured as we went through the day uh, and we were doing cash forecasts sometimes daily, but multiple times a week um, just to manage that. And I think the one um, really big insulating thing that I did is I had bought a Peloton bike and just before COVID and um, I rode that thing religiously every day. Um, and I often would ride it in the middle of the afternoon. So I would crank from, you know, eight to about three. If I didn't have my kids, I would schedule like a call or something I could take on the bike. And I would bike religiously for an hour to 90 minutes every day. And I actually, I think I rode so hard that in August of 2020, I partially tore my right hip labrum because I was biking so much. But I actually don't bike that much anymore. I, I'm back to running and going to the gym and lifting weights, oddly enough. But I tell you, that Peloton bike saved me. Um, it really did. Um, <laughs> I, I actually tell people it's almost like I should build a shrine around that thing because for really April and May of 2020, it was a godsend um, because that was how that was my biggest outlet was just getting on that bike and cranking. Yeah, we all needed to find that one thing that we could just kind of latch on to that just got us through the day. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, Keep yeah, absolutely. And I and I also took in, in, you know, the fact that I got a little more time with my kids. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't traveling for April and May, and that was probably the longest period of my career that I did not have a work trip. I went back to traveling in June because I, I really wanted to get out to the hotels and and I couldn't send housekeepers to the risk of COVID and sit at home. I needed to go out and visit with them. But until I did that, because you couldn't really travel in April and May, except for emergencies, uh, I did get, you know, a lot of 
nights that I would typically be gone, I got to see my kids. And so I really, you know, with a lot of long walks with the dog and that kind of thing. So I, I tried to, that helps insulate too, I think, along with exercise and getting enough sleep. Good. Thank you so much. And all those things combined, I guess, how do you feel that all of that that you went through influenced the way you now run your business? I mean, do you feel like you're running it as if pandemic never happened or have things really changed a lot to the way you approach business decisions and your internal team members? Yeah, I, I think it definitely has changed the way I, I manage the business quite a bit. Um, you know, I I would say I've, you know, first off, I have very structured um, staff meetings and I still do them every Monday, every Friday religiously because I think you can never over communicate. I also include not just the executive committee of the company, but in a lot of those meetings, I include all the VPs and above. And it is a little bit of overkill, but I found in COVID that over communication is better so that you're all rowing in the same direction, particularly as you grow, because we've had so much growth. The way you create continuity of message is they all hear it from me or Chris Green, and it's not filtered. And so the fact that we're doing that, um, you know, I meet every single month with every VP and above in the company, and because I want them to hear that message. So I think that's probably something that we will absolutely hang on to. It, it's allowed us to perform better, move faster, and all be, um, you know, taking that time. It is a commitment. It's a lot of payroll tied up, but it's worth the effort. You know, I think the the other thing that I is similar to what I mentioned before about progress, not perfection, that we we roll out a lot of new um, ideas before they're perfected. A good example is um, we we were we've been having a lot of problems recruiting chefs, sous chefs, serving mm -hmm. staff in our restaurants. We across our 129 hotels have over 200 food and beverage outlets, most of them, and some of them very high-end restaurants that we run. You know, we do over uh, 300 million in, in beverage and food as a company. And we've, we've had, that was one of the biggest issues with staffing is food and beverage. And so we redesigned our menus in a majority of our full service restaurants to be able to operate the the menu with one line cook instead of having to have a chef and and so it was around menu design uh, strategic procurement with certain food vendors that could bring in high products uh, high quality products that was just you didn't have to do a lot of prep work um, and by thinking through that we really reimagined but we didn't have it when we rolled it out to the first dozen test hotels we didn't have it perfected and now we've gotten it rolled out to seventy of our 129 hotels, food cost is down, capture average check is up, our profitability in every single one is up because we run a, a leaner labor model. But, you know, we we implemented that in 2021. It's now 2023 to where I would say we have it perfected. Uh, it took us, you know, 18 to 24 months. So, um, you know, I think that's a good example of progress, not perfection. You know, success is never final. Right. If you think it's some final destination, you'll never get there. <laughs> so I, I think that is probably um, some big ways we've changed. Um, you know, before, I think we sometimes got too caught up on an idea being perfected before we would roll it out. And COVID taught you, hey, you were constantly making changes. And so I think we, we've learned from that and taken an iterative approach far more often. And do you feel like 
um, that's kind of as a group as a whole? Because sometimes, you know, you may have one person that has that line of thinking, but others are still kind of stuck behind on that perfection. Do you feel like there was a little bit of clashing where some just couldn't let go of that? Or do you feel like everyone's kind of on the same page now where it's like, okay, I think it, it, take it, our yeah, time. There's, it definitely boils down to personality. Um, you know, we've been very, I'm very sensitive about recruiting for diversity and personality differences. So you have balance throughout the team. So many people um, hire in their likeness and promote in their likeness. Um, I do think it helps that I am an action oriented, let's go first. And I've never been stuck on perfection, even when I was a child. So I think having the CEO have that mentality, it permeates the organization versus the perfectionist. I have seen where I do have perfectionists at high levels in the organization. I can think of several that are on my leadership team and they've struggled with that more, right? It's like, uh, you know, hey, you know, we're going to lose credibility with the bill because this isn't fully vetted. And my, a few of us say, hey, it, you know, we just went through COVID. It was like, uh, trying to repair an airplane in flight. You know, it's like you're flying 600 miles an hour and, and repairing the wing at the same time. I think they're going to give us a little grace if the core uh, food and beverage plan is not 99.9% perfect. So it, it, you got to bring some people along. But yeah, if you've got a perfectionist at the top, that progress, not perfection mentality is hard to implement. Awesome. Any other permanent changes that you want to touch on that may have been made, or do you feel you kind of covered that enough in the question we just answered? Yeah, I think what we did, we just said, hey, everything's on the table. You know, let's stop challenging the norms. I'm sure some customer expectations will come back and have. But, you know, we looked at everything uh, and ch tried to challenge, you know, particularly staffing models, because we, we just had to re-engineer certain departments to do more with less. Um, so I think, you know, if you weren't reinventing how you did the business and you were just holding your breath till you got back to 2019, then you really missed the opportunity to reinvent. Um, and that's why I think, you know, COVID in a lot of ways will look back and and led to some good innovation in the hotel industry that was necessary. Um, and, you know, it's like going to the gym. You lift heavy weights, you get stronger. COVID was like lifting a car. <laughs> a great way to put it <laughs> how about maybe um flexibility wise i'm not sure what your um corporate teams like work from home policy is but do you feel like you going through personal family things has allowed you to maybe give a little bit more grace to having others that may need to go home like half a day and go pick up their kids or anything like that that you feel has led to a permanent flexibility change yeah i well several things i mean i think mm -hmm. Being a parent and a leader in a company offers empathy uh, because uh, you realize the only thing you can change or control in this world is yourself. Uh, it's particularly when you have young children. <laughs> so I, I, it definitely has brought a heightened sense, sense of empathy for me. Uh, whether or not it's, I, I try to do what's best for the organization, not necessarily best for me individually. So it, it does, but I think it does, your personal situation influences decisions you make. Um, we have uh, gone to a, um, uh, you know, first below senior vice president below, we allow people to work from home uh, for most job functions that are corporate. Um, there's obviously a lot of job functions on property. You just have to be there physically, right? You can't be a remote housekeeper, for example. Um, so where we've been able to be flexible, we've allowed people to work 
from home. And then, yeah, there's a lot of the corporate office that are in the office three days a week and out too. Um, and it's not a formal policy. It's just something that we're flexible around. You know, the only people that I require to be in the office are the executive officers. And that's, I, I usually want them in Monday, Friday. And if they don't live in Dallas, which Chris Green, our president, doesn't, you know, I, I try to, I, I ask him to be in Dallas, you know, every other Monday. Um, so it has led to flexibility there. I think one of the things that I realized was the hardship it put on families, COVID did. And so we've made a lot of benefit changes, uh, you know, to try to help people. A good example is uh, it's sad that paternity and maternity leave is not customary in the hospitality industry. If you look at the majority um, of hotel companies, the majority do not offer a comprehensive maternity leave, paid leave. Now you can take your vacation or go out on FMLA, but like full paid leave, majority don't offer it and almost no one offers paternity leave. And so we rolled out uh, four weeks, full pay, maternity and paternity if you're a father, um, because we want to have people that, you know, have balance and, and want to start families. And, um, you know, if people are living paycheck to paycheck, which a lot of the industry does, let's be honest, they can't work for a company that they can't take four or six weeks off to go have a child. Um, so I, I think that's something that I look at the industry and we've been behind the eight ball and I'm, I'm happy that we've made some significant changes. You know, if you look at hourly wage, we talk about all this wage pressure, but let's be honest, the industry has been underpaying folks for quite some time. Um, and we've been relying, and I know that's a controversial statement, uh, but that's why we've lost people to other industries and they haven't come back. Now, is the wage inflation and the rate at which it's happened over the last couple of years really problematic? Absolutely. I mean, our, you know, the average wage inflation in the industry on a, if you compound it back to 19, I think is in the 30 something percent, which is unsustainable. You know, you're talking eight to 10 percent each year. Um, but, you know, we were below. Um, and so we didn't probably step up in the good times enough. Uh, and so, you know, some of that wage inflation is a catch up, I'd call it. Um, so I, I think some of the things that we the things we try to do is just to be best in class from an employment and uh, tried to be, you know, balancing, you know, giving people optionality. And we, we also double down on our wellness program where we do a lot of fitness challenges. You may have seen the videos I post online because what we realized in COVID is, um, you know, mental illness and uh you know got way worse people weren't going to the doctors proactively um and that's got a compounding effect at some point right you, all of a sudden it comes home to roost as you get older so we've also tried to not only just roll out programs like paternity maternity leave but also take a proactive measure with wellness we have wellness challenges where we do a lot of giveaways uh we offer noom for free for weight loss um, and, you know, we, it doesn't save us medical because we're self-insured for medical. It doesn't save us money right now, but frankly, you know, it, it will save us money three, four years from now when we have less type two diabetics and we have less heart attacks. And so I think that's a little more, um, we've taken a more progressive approach and holistically trying to improve our people's lives besides just paying them more. Awesome. That was really long winded, but hopefully no, some good tidbits perfect. there. Yes. Absolutely perfect.
And last one before I let you go is just kind of a fun one, but knowing what you know now, what advice maybe would you give yourself for the pandemic years? It could be anything business-wise, personal-wise, just anything that comes to mind. Boy, oh boy. I think if <laughs> I knew how long it was going to go, I would have, uh, I'd be afraid to give myself the advice because I think it would have been demoralizing. Um, I remember when it was March of 2020 and I went and looked at, um, and I'm just a, a, a numbers junkie. It's why I'm into like astrology and kind of weird big math. And I went back and looked and pulled every pandemic that had happened all the way back to the plague. And the average length of pandemics pre-medicine were about three years. Uh, you know, you've never had a pandemic that was a year or less. And so history repeats itself. We just forget it because it's, it's, you know, generational. And I remember saying to my leadership team, I said the great influenza was hidden a little bit by World War One, but it really went on for three years and it led to the roaring 20s. And I said, you know, we have breakthrough in medicine, so maybe that gets cut in half. But I remember saying that time, I think it's going to go a year and a half, two years. And by and large, some would argue it went almost three. So. I guess the advice I would say to myself is uh, just always think next, next day. Uh, make sure you're taking care of yourself health-wise because this is going to be protracted. And, uh, you know, I think endurance is a big part. I mean, frankly, I don't talk about this enough, but, uh, you know, I'm a young leader. I actually think my age worked as an advantage because I I know that, I don't know if that's, I don't want to be ageist, but frankly, being younger, you know, I um, it allowed me to bear some of the stress and the extreme hours that were necessary um, in those first 90 days where if we had, I mean, frankly, if we hadn't treated the first 90 days the way we did, we, we may have not survived because cash got so tight. Um, so I think I would just give myself the advice, hunker down, always have the mindset next day. If you have a bad day forward, and uh, make sure that I'm exercising and sleeping well. Probably also give myself the advice, uh, uh, make sure that I sleep eight hours, which I probably didn't do very much of early on. So anyways, I, I, I think this the length of it, if you look at it historically, would not surprise anyone. But I guess if I went back in hindsight, I'd, I'd say, yep, history's going to repeat itself. So hunker down. Awesome. And then now you can kind of prepare for the next one, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's usually one a generation that's yeah. this bad if you look at historical norms. The problem yeah. is, is uh, we are now butting up to uh, forest and wildlife that tend to cause these. So, you know, whether or not we're at this inflection point where it's more common or not, we'll see. Uh, you know, I'm hoping you and I don't live through another one of these, but who knows? You know, you don't know. Well, Sloan, this has been fantastic. Is there anything else that you'd like to touch on? I, I just would say for the young people listening in that this is a really rewarding and people oriented business. It is cyclical, which is a bit tough to take at times, but I do think we've strengthened as an industry. And so give us a chance, even if you got laid off or furloughed in 2020. Hopefully we won't go through that again. And I do think it's a great place to build a life, build a legacy, and we need more bright young people in hospitality. So give it a shot, even though 2020 was a rough year. <laughs>